Welcome to the What's What Weekly Wrap-Up. Today's show focuses exclusively on this week's features from the WFUV Newsroom. I'm David Escobar. And I'm Christina Lulich. And here are this week's feature stories. Donating blood in New York City is now more inclusive. Members of the LGBTQ plus community will now be eligible to donate due to a new screening process. WFUV's Rosie Lenz talks to Chelsea Smith from the New York Blood Center and Desiree Ramos-Rainer from the Red Cross about what this new process means for New Yorkers. New York Blood Donation Centers recently instituted a new screening process to make donor eligibility more inclusive. The process introduces new gender-neutral questions that make it safe for more New Yorkers to give blood, no matter their gender identity. And Chelsea Smith, who works with the New York Blood Center, says these changes impact a specific group in particular. The big win here is that these guidelines no longer only apply to gay and bisexual men, which is what, what, the, what was the case with the previous guidelines. So moving forward, um, it's all gender neutral. Your sexual identity does not, does not come into impact here. And these questions are going to be asked of all donors. Under the new guidelines, all donors will be asked the same questions about their sexual health to donate. And while these new questions could defer a donor if they do not meet certain requirements, a person's sexuality will no longer be a determining factor. We believe that it's an inclusive blood donation process now uh, that still ensures a safe and sufficient blood supply is ready for patients who are in need. That was Desiree Ramos-Reiner, who works with the American Red Cross. She says her organization shares the excitement of being able to increase inclusivity. And Ramos Reiner says she hopes that this change motivates new donors to come in. This really means for New Yorkers that there are more opportunities for you to help save a life. But the New York Blood Center hopes that this is only the beginning. Smith says she wants to see the FDA continue to evaluate other requirements that continue to prevent some people from being able to donate blood. It also means that there's still work to be done. We're still going to fight to make blood donation as inclusive and safe as possible. New Yorkers are encouraged to visit one of these centers in the city to donate blood, whether they've been donating for years or are just now eligible under the new guidelines. And donors are needed now more than ever. Right now, blood donations are about 10% lower than the needs of hospitals around the city. That was WFUV's Rosie Lenz reporting on the new, more inclusive, blood donation screening process. From chatbots to face detection to self-driving cars, AI is changing the way we move throughout the world and revolutionizing industries along the way, especially within education systems. WFUV's Aaliyah Mallory speaks with students and educators about the reasons behind the increase of AI in the classroom. I personally don't think that it like inherently takes away from the classroom experience. I just think teachers and students have to be smart about how they use it. I think that in its best form, you know, like tools like ChatGPT are really good for getting students to think critically. That's Zane Tilly, an undergraduate student at Fordham University. He's talking about ChatGPT, a generative artificial intelligence program that enables users to have human-like conversations with a chatbot on any subject. It can write essays, solve math problems, explain code, and even give relationship advice. ChatGPT is only one of several AI programs that are revolutionizing industries across the globe. But one place where it seems to stir the most controversy 
is inside the classroom. So many instructors think that students are always looking for shortcuts. Um, and AI provides an opportunity to take some shortcuts. That's Kirk Quinslin. He's a senior lecturer in the English department at Fordham University. He says that universities have been responding to increasing AI use by issuing statements condemning the programs. But Quinslin believes that there are pros to using AI within the classroom. I think that there's a much more kind of positive way to look at it, though, which is that this is something that can actually help students in a lot of ways. I've had students use it in order to help them generate outlines for essays. So there's the capacity that it has to give students the tools they need in order to do their work. It isn't necessarily always going to be doing the work for them, but it's going to create the circumstances in which they're more effectively able to do their work. And Quinslin isn't alone. Dr. Stephen D'Agostino, director of online learning in the office of the provost at Fordham University, says that educators should prioritize teaching students about things relevant to the world and time period we live in. Is that we have to be mindful of what's happening in the world outside the classroom and integrate some of those tools, techniques, growing cultural understandings into our practice. If only to remain relevant, and to teach the people who are in front of us. The students that I'm teaching now, they're going to leave the university and go into a world that has artificial intelligence operating in it. But he does acknowledge the potential harm AI can cause to the learning process by using his students as an example. So I asked them in, a, in groups to generate a list of ideas. They finished their work and they probably had like five ideas. And when I showed them that ChatGPT did that same work in like a minute and produced 20 times more ideas, they were like deflated in a way. I think they experienced how in real time, ChatGPT can undermine the process of learning. There are other reasons to do that activity, to get to know each other, to communicate, to have some back and forth, to build a sense of community in the classroom. So in a way, ChatGPT can shortcut those processes and kind of flatten them. And Ella Hyde, another undergraduate student at Fordham, echoes similar sentiments. She says that she has used AI generators to help her understand difficult texts or concepts, but that it can indeed undermine learning. If you use it negatively, it's like write papers for you. You're not writing anything yourself. So there's not much learning happening that way. But if you use it healthily, in moderation, I think you'll be fine. So if AI can potentially undermine learning and competency, then should it be in the classroom at all? For Dr. D'Agostino, AI programs will likely become essential to the learning process. So we, we already have experienced the integration of technology in, into teaching and learning spaces, right? Probably 10, 15 years ago, maybe a little bit longer, when, when laptops became very common, Laptops were banned. Like, you close your laptops. I don't allow laptops in class. During the pandemic, for example, the university was giving students and instructors laptops because they became essential. Now, I can't make the same prediction about ChatGPT, but I imagine that it's going to move along that same continuum from disruptive to essential. But for Professor Kirk Quinslin, mystery still remains around the powerful programs. And while he says teachers will find ways to adapt to the increasing use of AI programs in the classroom, this current moment of evolution provides an opportunity for both educators and students to bond significantly. 
you know, one of the things that, again, I find so kind of exciting about the potential that AI poses for education is this opportunity for students and faculty to learn them together, that it isn't something that we as faculty have the full control over what we can tell our students or what we're able to get our students to do. You know, the policies that we come up with, I think, work best as a way of communicating to our students that fundamentally we're figuring this out too, and we don't have the answers. And even though we are experiencing the transition to a more artificially intelligent world, the future of AI is still a blur. Will it undermine the education system completely? Will schools disappear? Or will it add to it and reconfigure school systems for the better? We'll only find the answers in time. But one fact remains. AI is here to stay. That was WFUV's Leah Mallory talking about the potential use of AI within the classroom. And that's it from us. But you can check out the What's What weekly wrap-up every week for more features exclusively from the WFUV newsroom. And make sure to check out the WFUV What's What daily podcast every weekday at 3 for the latest local news and feature stories from FUV. And as always, you can find out more at WFUVnews.org. I'm David Escobar. And I'm Christina Lulich. And that's What's What.